Today on Locked on A's, the team has tendered contracts with Tony Kemp and Chad Pinder, but there are still eight players that the A's have yet to come to terms with ahead of Tuesday's non-tender deadline. What does this all mean? Let's get into it. You are Locked on A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 394 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're trying to, I'm going to give you guys what I'm excited about with today's non-tender deadline, which is not a happy day for baseball players, but we might be seeing what the A's are actually intending to do this offseason with some decisions that they have to make today. So I'll explain what I mean here in a minute. But before I do, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including our brand new YouTube channel. Make sure to comment, like, subscribe. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe over there, comment down below. Always appreciated. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And uh, if you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So late on Monday, the A's avoided arbitration with Tony Kemp, who signed for $2 million, just over $2 million, and Chad Pender, who signed for $2.725 million, which is a slight upgrade over his contract from 2021. He was hurt most of 2021, so slight upgrade. It's his final year of arbitration. And... Uh, they're, they're all doing okay. So those are the A's that we have under contract as well as the pre-arb guys. But that is it. They lost 13 free agents and then they got eight more that still need to be tendered contracts. And then they have a few guys. They don't have much of a roster right now. So that is what has made the last few days uh, not frustrating, but curious because the A's have not done much. And I know that they're going to be making trades and, you know, turning over the roster and all that stuff, and then we'll have a better idea of what the A's are actually doing, but it's been a fun, fun few days. <laughs> it's that SpongeBob meme where Squidward is just watching everybody else have fun, and then we, we are Squidward in this one. We're just A's fans watching everybody else have fun, especially Bryce Patterick of Locked On Rangers, who is having the most fun. Uh, but that none of this is what interests me today. Today, I am intrigued by the eight guys that the A's have not come to terms with just yet. Granted, it is typical for players and teams to not come to terms before the final day. Uh, you know, the, the termination day, I guess, is what I'm going to call it. Uh, but this isn't a typical offseason for anyone, and especially for the A's, who will likely be trading a lot of talent away before before long. Um the reason it's not typical for other people is because uh, the CBA is about to... This deadline had to be moved up a couple of days so that uh, players could, you know, sign contracts with a different team if they wanted to, if they got non-tendered. So that is why this is a weird offseason for everybody. Uh, but that is that is what is interesting to me. Not being able to reach 
an agreement with a player does not mean that they are no longer on the club. It just means that the team and the player get to go to arbitration court, which sounds like fun. Um, and that would be in February. So uh, it, I'll get into it. Um, so that is basically where an arbitration ex expert, this is arbitration court, where an arbitration expert gets to decide between the player salary offer, like what they would like to be paid, and the team salary offer. And uh, there's no middle ground. Uh, it is basically one or the other, and that is that is the arbitration process. It's dumb, um, but lot, lots of teams, particularly the A's, try to avoid arbitration court uh, because it's not fun. And you got to sit there and badmouth the player that you want to play well for your team. So it's weird. Uh, it, it can get nasty. And uh, yeah, that, that is also not what interests me today. Today. I'm curious whether this process will give us some insight into which players the front office plans on trading at some point this winter. That's what intrigues me today. The eight guys that need contracts from the Oakland A's or another team uh, are Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Chris Bassett, Shamanaya, Frankie Montas, and those are the main trade bait guys. Uh, and then Ramon Laureano, Lou Trevino, and Dio Lascara. Laureano, Trevino, and Guerra are projected to get about a little bit less than $7 million combined. So there is literally no reason except for value in Ramon Laureano's case uh, that they would not get a contract by the end of the day unless the A's plan on taking them to arbitration. But hey, maybe they do plan on taking him to arbitration or maybe trading him along the way. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Would, would it be smart to trade him when he has to serve a suspension for the first month of the season? Probably not. But hey, if they're if they're getting the right offers, everybody's on the table. It doesn't matter. I, I really don't see Diolas Guerra's $900,000 projection being too big of a burden for even John Fisher. So I assume that he'll be on the team. And Lou Trevino, maybe, maybe a team wants a sixth inning guy and they can use him in that role to really bolster. Maybe the White Sox need like another reliever or something. So uh, today's decisions could be our first glimpse into what the offseason holds and how deep the A's plan on going this offseason with the trades. If they offer a contract to Matt Chapman, does that mean that he's not getting traded? Not necessarily, but it would give me a little bit of hope that he might actually be in Oakland in 2022, at least for the start of the season. Um, at the same time, though, the A's could offer everybody a contract and have everybody sign for 2022 just in case because they don't know what the CBA is going to hold. Is there going to be a salary floor? They have more insight than than we do. Uh, so maybe it's the smart thing to do. Uh, there's going to be a lot of intrigue going on. There's a lot more than just uh, yeses and nos. There's, at least in the A's case, there's a lot more at stake for the A's, I think. Plus, it's non-tender day, which uh, means that some talented big leaguers are going to be released, basically, uh, because they were arbitration uh, eligible and their team was like, eh, we're good. Uh, again, Eddie Rosario is the most recent example that I can think of uh, where he was non-tendered by the Twins. He signed with uh, Cleveland, I believe, and then he was traded to the Braves and won a World Series. So sometimes it works out just fine if you get non-tendered. But basically, they, they just get added to the free agent pool. And so that market is going to be very, very flooded in the next few hours here. Uh, one player that is rumored to be getting non-tendered is Matt Boyd, uh, formerly of the Detroit Tigers. Well, I mean, currently of the Detroit Tigers, but soon to be formerly of the Detroit Tigers, Matt Boyd, 
who pitched well against the A's once or twice uh, until Sean Murphy took him deep. Um, <laughs> and while that name may not excite A's fans, and it, it shouldn't because he, he's fine. Does he have a lot of value? Nah, he's fine. Uh, but somebody like Matt Boyd could end up being on the A's after being non-tendered. It feels like that's kind of their market is guys that have some talent that could have some trade value come July. And uh, so coming up on tomorrow's show, quick plug, uh, I'm going to be definitely going over some of the my list of non-tendered guys that I'm intrigued by. But first... Bet Online has you covered for all uh, all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. That is one word, LOCKED ON, all caps, LOCKED ON. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your favorite sports, and that is because bet online is where the game starts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Welcome back to the Locked On Ice Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe, leave us a review wherever you can, comment, like, subscribe on our brand new YouTube channel. We're also on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day, free and available on all of the platforms. But, uh, I wanted to talk about something that Ken Rosenthal wrote a few days ago, uh, and he had some thoughts on what could be coming for the A's this winter, mentioning that after the, uh, the 2014 season, they went out and signed Billy Butler and then traded for Ben Zobrist and then signed Rich Hill for the 2016 season. Uh, so it was a couple of years down the road, but uh, they, they also signed him. So uh, the A's don't do you know the, the full teardown rebuilds and kind of given the readers an idea of what to expect. And so I thought it was interesting. Uh, Butler was a bust, but Zobrist was traded for Shamanaya and Hill was flipped with Josh Reddick for Frankie Montas, Grant Holmes, who is still in the A system, and Jarrell Cotton, who's still floating around. So uh, they got some solid talent. Did it all work out? No, but Frankie Montas is really good. So yeah, that's 
That's kind of what I think that, we're, that when I mentioned Matt Boyd at the end of the first segment, that's who I'm thinking of when I think Rich Hill. Is he going to be as dominant as Rich Hill was in 2016? No. But uh, I think that that's the, the line of thinking is they're looking for somebody like that that could net them somebody like Frankie Montas for the next the next go around, the next competitive team. So that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at non-tendered players heading into this offseason. And that's why I'm excited for tomorrow's episode. I don't know who's non-tendered yet, but I'm going to be excited about some people. Tune in. <laughs> but that brings me back to my point from the last segment, which is it all depends on the returns that uh, these guys, that, that, that the A's are getting before we start declaring that the A's are just going to be terrible forever. Um, yeah. You just got to make sure that they're they're not going to be they're, they're probably going to be a last place team if they end up trading everybody. But are they going to be a hundred loss team? I don't know. They might be like a seventy win team, and that's like ninety two losses. Yes, uh, so they might be flirting with a hundred, but I don't know that they'll get all the way there. They're not going to be a hundred and ten loss team uh, like Baltimore. Uh, so that that's. My first takeaway from the Rosenthal article. The second one, and the main thing that I took away uh, from this article, was that the A's are open to trading Sean Murphy, who was a year away from arbitration. That means he has four years left of team control, and one of those is at the major league minimum. That means he has loads and loads of trade value. I brought this up in my crossover with Arm Layton, what, three weeks ago? I was like, he has the most trade value on this A's team. And I I brought it up in another episode where I ranked the A's by trade value according to the Baseball Trade Values website. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense that they would be open to trading Sean Murphy at the very least, if not actively trying to trade Sean Murphy. Uh, I mean, I, I ranked them. He was on the top of that list. And if you add, uh, if you add in the scarcity of good starting catchers available, the A's could expect an absolute haul if they get him. And their potential trade partners would include just about every team because he has so much team control left. It doesn't matter if you're currently tanking or if you're currently good or if you plan on being good in two years. You can go after Sean Murphy today if if that's somebody that you that you want. If you ever want to win a baseball game, Sean Murphy is available. He's got four years of control. Your window should be open at some point in that process. And hey, other teams actually have money. They could even re-sign him if they got him. So that's something. So that said, the two teams uh, that would be good fits for Sean Murphy, I thought, would be the Miami Marlins, who just got a Jacob Stallings. Jacob? Jacob. Stallings. He's really good on MLB The Show, so I assume that he's good in real life, too. Uh, they got him from the Marlins, or from the uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, the Tigers also acquired Tucker, Bar Tucker Barnhart from uh, Cincinnati Reds, so uh, the, they already made their catching upgrades, so that stinks. And uh, A's catchers, so mostly Sean Murphy, ranked 7th in baseball in war, so there are feasibly 23 teams that could be looking for an upgrade at catcher, uh, it, whether it's a slight upgrade or a massive upgrade if you're towards the bottom of that list, uh, minus the two that I already mentioned in the Marlins and the Tigers. So 21 teams should be looking for an upgrade at catcher, and Sean Murphy can be a fit for all 21 of those teams. Uh, that is more than two-thirds of the teams in baseball could be trade partners for the A's when it comes to Sean Murphy. And that is why and you, you got his team control left. You got his value, just him being a baseball player. They, they can get an absolute haul for Sean Murphy. And if you're trading everybody away, why why keep him? Is he going to be around for the next competitive window? Probably not. They'd trade him at some point anyway. So why not trade him this winter too? 
just uh, keep ripping off that Band-Aid, in my mind at least. I'm getting ready for the Band-Aid to be ripped off at some point, but probably not until after the CBA is agreed upon. Uh, that I just think that I, I would like whatever the return package is for Sean Murphy more than having Sean Murphy around for a couple of years while the A's are terrible. So coming up on the show, I'm going to give you guys three teams that I'd be calling up if I'm a the A's GM. So I'll be right back with that. Uh, stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow our new YouTube channel. It's blowing up. It's got 340 subscribers. I was going to say 1,000, but it doesn't. It's 340 subscribers. Um, but and Go do that. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to Locked On Athletics gmail.com. Uh, so the first team up on my list, and you're not going to like it if you're an A's fan, is the Boston Red Sox. They have some talent down on the farm and young talent at that. The Red Sox are also a team that could is always looking to spend less money and they want to compete now. So John Murphy makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, the A's could build a package off of either of the Red Sox top two prospects and get a pretty solid excuse me, a pretty solid return. So basically they could have either the number nine or number 18 prospect in all of baseball and then some. And that is why uh, Sean Murphy makes a lot of sense as a trade as a trade piece. Uh, they could also uh, get two guys in the top 25 if they were interested in somebody like Jaron Duran, who's a little bit older, has a lot of pop, a little bit of major league experience, but they can get, you know, number 19, number 25 and that would be most of the return package, but or all of the return package potentially. Uh, but that could be a deal that the A's would be interested in. Just young talent that should be good at the major league level. And uh, hey, we're rebuilding for the future, yay. Uh, the second team on my list is the New York Mets. In my crossover with Ryan Finkelstein, uh, we, we were talking about trading Matt Chapman over to, to Queens, but... Uh, because we were trading Matt Chapman and his value was lower than Francisco Alvarez. We did not talk about Francisco Alvarez, their number one prospect a lot, but uh, I think that Alvarez plus a prospect or two for Murphy plus a prospect, maybe a lower level part. So some way to make this trade work because they're roughly even value, but I don't know that you want to go one for one if you're trading Sean Murphy. So that's why I, I add more around it. Um, I think that it would make sense for both sides if you could make the surrounding pieces work. Uh, the Mets get an upgraded catcher immediately, which is, in fact, their time frame to contend is right the hell now. Uh, they just got, they signed Sterling Marte. They signed Mark Canna. They signed Max Scherzer. These are all guys well into their 30s. Uh, so they need to win right now. Their owner is hungry. He will mandate trades, I assume. So uh, if you want Sean Murphy, they can go throw whoever, whatever prospects the A's want to go get Sean Murphy. And Francisco Alvarez is not a win-now catcher. Sean Murphy is a win-now catcher. He is an upgrade that you make if you're like, hey, we want to go win now. Let's go get Sean Murphy. Why not? And that's why it makes sense for the Mets. For the A's, they get the number 10 prospect in all of baseball, and it would give them a true catcher. Uh, I mean, they, they, they got Tyler Soderstrom right now, who is a good catcher, but the speculation has always been, is he going to play third? Is he going to play first? Is he going to play right field or left field? Uh, I, I think that Francisco Alvarez in the A system gives the A's a true catcher as a replacement. A re a later on replacement for Sean Murphy 
and it would also allow the A's to move Tyler Soderstrom from behind the plate and have him focus on being a great hitter, which is something that we know that he can do while roaming the outfield or playing first base or wherever else they would move him. Then you have your your catcher of the future and also whatever wherever Tyler Soderstrom is playing, you got that of the future in your system as well. And their timelines are more, more in sync than most everybody else. So uh, you got two young guys, I believe they're both 19, uh, something to dream on, you, you would think, for the next two or three years. Uh, it would also reset the A's timeline for their window of contention. So I, I like that aspect of it because there's a really good chance that Sean Murphy will not be around for the next good A's run anyway. Um, that there's no way that they hold on to him through arbitration or sign him again. or It, it doesn't make sense. There's a lot of variables that could go wrong when it comes to Sean Murphy, because catchers get banged up. You're not going to re-sign him. His value is high right now. Trade him right now if you're trading everybody else. It just makes sense. The final team on my list is the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, partially, I, I like the Blue Jays. I, I don't know why. I do. I think it's Vlad. It's got to be Vlad Jr., right? And also, Marcus was uh, on that team, and he did well. Uh, but really, th they're on this list because I would like the A's to end up with Jordan Groshans. Groshans? Groshans. Uh, somehow, I will learn if the if he ends up on the on the A's. I will learn his name. That's how bad I want him. <laughs> and this would be one way of making that trade happen. I, I've also floated Shamanaya for Jordan Groshans. Groshans. Either way, um, I, I floated other guys, and Murphy's value is roughly double that of Jordan Groshans. But he's a solid all-around player. He doesn't strike out a ton. And that's basically what I want the A's to go out and get in all of these trade packages is guys that get on base, hit for a higher average than we've seen from guys in their minor league system in the past, and guys that don't strike out a whole bunch. I don't need guys that strike out, you know, 30 or 45%, or sorry, 35 or 40% at the minor league level because that, that number is going to go up until they get to the majors. I want guys that strike out 15 to 20% in the minors. Maybe that goes up to 25% in the majors. And uh, I want guys with good bad control. That's what I want. That's Go get those guys, please. Um, see? see good, good good players that are good hitters. That's that's really all that I want. It's, it's a very simple process. <laughs> go make it happen, Billy. Uh, so with Groshans, there would be a bit of a value gap, as I just alluded to. So the A's could theoretically get some extra supplemental talent in this deal, then they could get in a deal, more supplemental talent than they could get in a deal with like the Red Sox or the Mets, because those are more fairly even value deals if you're getting a two for one from the Red Sox or Francisco Alvarez from the Mets. So that makes the Jays an even more enticing trade partner from, from my standpoint at the very least. And that's the thing here with trading Sean Murphy is he can bring back some top ranked talent. Almost nobody is untouchable outside of the top five, top five prospects in baseball from a value perspective. Whether or not teams want to hold on to their prospects is a different story, but from a value-for-value value standpoint, Sean Murphy can be swapped one-for-one. One. So do you want to do a one-for-one one if you're the A's? Not necessarily, but from a value standpoint, nobody is untouchable when it comes to Sean Murphy. Uh, so from there, the front office should just see which top talent they want on on MLB Pipeline and uh, build a package around them and then make the deal. Easy peasy. That's the A's offseason right there. Just uh, I want 
One Julio Rodriguez, please. Uh, hello, Jerry DePoto. I would like to make you a trade. Here you go. I have a Julio Rodriguez now. Thank you. Uh, that, that He is one of the top five prospects, so that, that wouldn't be a trade that would happen. But hey, maybe it does. I also really like Julio Rodriguez, so that is why he was mentioned just now. Anyways, the next couple of days will be a frenzy on the free agent market because not only do we have the current crop of guys that are still on the free agent market, you know, you're... You're Carlos Correa's, you're Clayton Kershaw's, you're Brian Shaw's. Uh, but on Tuesday, teams will be making their non-tender decisions, uh, which will add even more names to the free agent pool. And then there's going to be a frenzy for those guys too. And then on Wednesday, the CBA expires at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, because everything's Eastern, uh, which means that there will be a roster freeze until a new CBA is in place, which... This is going to make content loads of fun. We're going to have a, such a good time starting probably next week. Uh, so expect a lot of action around baseball. My gut says that the A's are not going to be making a bunch of... Uh, they're not going to start trading their guys until after the CBA, partially because it's like a day and a half away. Uh, and also because they, they want to know what the rules are before they start making these trades. They want to know what the parameters are for how they're building this team. So... It makes sense, I guess. If, if you're going to trade these guys, you you got to make sure that you nail it. So uh, hopefully they nail it, I guess. Uh, but that is all that I got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much one more time for making Locked On Ace your first listen of the day. Now go make Sully and Locked On MLB your second lesson. He is talking about all of, all of the free agent signings that have been happening the last couple of days. He has you covered on that front. Who does he think is coming out on top right now? Is it the Rangers? Are the Rangers going to win the World Series? No, they're not. Did Sully say that? I actually don't know. I don't think that he would either. But hey, the Rangers are fun now, maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting to hate the Rangers again. Um, but yeah, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.